I was thinking about dreams that I have for my daughter. And I don't have kids yet, but I imagine that if I have a daughter, I'm going to want some things for her that I didn't have growing up. When I was growing up, I was really self-conscious. I was really insecure. I wanted so desperately to be loved and to be appreciated and valued that I actually hung out with a lot of people that didn't value me, ironically. (laughs) In the search for love and affection and belonging, I ended up not belonging. And I think about my future daughter and I think about the struggles I went through, feeling ugly, feeling worthless, feeling untalented, feeling like I was a burden to everybody. And I don't want her to feel that way. You know, and I imagine that if you have daughters or if you maybe in the future will have daughters, maybe that's how you feel, too. Maybe you don't have like physical daughters. Maybe you have spiritual daughters or like people you've taken under your wing. I imagine that you want the same thing for them so that they don't feel the things that you felt. Hopefully that all your pain and all your sorrow and chaos in your own life can be put to good by sharing it with them so that they can make better decisions, so that they can know things that we didn't know, and so that they can be better than us, that they can be in a better position than us. And I think about my grandmother, and I think about my mother, and I think about my great-grandmother and her mother, and I imagine that they didn't have the same resources, the same experiences, nor did they have the same, I guess, wisdom or knowledge that we have now. Um, I think... I take that back. I think that they were very wise, but I really feel like they weren't given the privilege to really be better than what their circumstances would allow them to be. What comes up in my mind is this phrase, generational curses. So if you grew up in any like Christendom or Christian communities, then you know that generational curses are looked at as something that's passed down from generation to generation. It could be alcoholism, it could be mental illness, it could be sin or sickness or whatever people want to use to say that this has been in your family for these many years. And so they almost, it's almost like an omen. They almost like prophesy over you that you will struggle with this unless you change something about your life. Now, I do believe in generational curses. I'm just going to say that. But I also believe that we have the power to break them. And I believe that the power to break them starts with us. So if we want to talk about generational illnesses, right, we can talk about, say, diabetes. Diabetes is something that runs in my family. And so we think that, oh, well, I'm just predisposed to be diabetic. I'm predisposed to be an alcoholic. I'm predisposed to be an addict or whatever, whatever you want to insert there. And there is some truth to that. Scientifically, yes, your genes may be predisposed to being more apt to being an addict or to being um, addicted to certain things. But we also have power to change those things. So if diabetes runs in your family, maybe to break that generational curse, you just have to stop eating so much sugar or so much starch. Or maybe you have to change your diet so that you can break that generational curse. All the stuff doesn't lie in spirit, right? All the stuff doesn't is not just the spiritual thing that we can't reach. Spiritual things are very real. I don't want to knock that. But at the same time, we have power within our own selves to stop certain things from happening. So if we know that we're predisposed for, to be diabetic, maybe we should get a head start on changing things in our lives. Maybe if I don't want my kid to be diabetic like me or like my grandmother or whoever, then maybe I need to change my diet so that I can be better, so they can see me eating better, so that they have a better chance of not being a diabetic. 
Now, there are some things that we can't help. Sometimes people get sick for no reason. Sometimes people experience illness or loss, and it's no fault of their own. But what I want to make sure is that we're not leaving all the responsibility on our previous generations. So I don't even want to blame my grandmother or my mother or my great-grandmother for some of the things I'm dealing with today, because it's not their fault. They were dealing with things the only way that they knew how, the only way that their surroundings and their environments would allow them to. So when we talk about soul food, right? I know there's a lot of jokes about soul food and how unhealthy it is, and we ask God to bless it, and it's a joke. But in all honesty, we really should appreciate how sacred that food is. Those recipes are recipes of survival. You know, pig intestine, what is it, chitlins? Like things that we laugh at today that we look down on that we think are poor man's meals are actually the story of our people's survival. And I get it. They had to eat what they could get. They had to eat the scraps, the things that they could afford, the things that people did not want. And so they had to doctor it up and make it good and add seasoning and salt and all these other things. They had no idea that it was going to cause hypertension or heart disease or cause someone to have a stroke, right? There are certain things that they did not know that we know today that we can apply to our lives to prevent us from going through the same things. If we know that, you know, maybe our mothers were alcoholics, Maybe she experienced trauma and instead of going to counseling and seeking therapy, which costs money, which is a very privileged thing, maybe she coped the way that she only knew how, the way that she only knew how, meaning that she took a bottle, she drank, or she took drugs to cope with whatever happened to her. I'm not making excuses, but I am giving that the, the information, the resources, the things that we have, we have access to today, you know, all day long, our ancestors did not have. So we have to make room, honor their generational curse, right? Honor the things that they struggle with that they pass down to other people because they were doing the best that they could. You know, my father is in and out of my life and it hurts and it sucks and it's not fair. And it feels like everybody else has access to their father, um, to a father that I will never know, a biological father anyway. And, you know, there's something in me that kind of bullies myself and says, oh, Alicia, you know, you're grown. You shouldn't want, you know, a father like that. Like you're, you're too old to have a father. But I feel like there's always going to be this little girl inside of me that wants her dad. I don't think that's ever going to go anywhere. And instead of looking at my father with disgust and anger, which even if I felt those feelings, it would be valid. I look at him, I look at him with sorrow. I feel sorry for him. And I also understand that he did the best that he could because his father didn't know how to be a good father. His father was abusive. His father was a drunk. His father was absent. His father beat his kids, beat his wife, you know? And if this is the example that he had of fatherhood, how could he then magically understand how to take care of kids? And it's not fair. And it's not my fault that I should have to suffer because my dad doesn't know how to be a dad. But in the same way, If I know that my dad doesn't know how to be a dad, then I'm going to try to choose someone to either marry or to have kids with who is unlike him. And I know that subconsciously women, they tend to struggle, myself included, with men who are absent if their father is absent because that's the example of love that they're shown. But I had to make the conscious decision to choose to date someone who was better for me than my dad. And I might never have the relationship with him. I might never you know, have the, you know, fairy tale father come to save their daughter kind of moment. But at the end of the day, I want my daughters to have better than I had. I want my daughters to not experience illnesses that I've experienced, to not experience heartache and sorrow that I've experienced, if I can help it. 
Now, there are some things that, you know, we have to go through. I'm sure my mother didn't want me to go through things that she went through, you know, but I had to live my own story. God had to let me go on my own journey to figure things out. No matter what my mom would have told me, there are some things that I had to figure out on my own. But I just want to talk about the generational curses that we look at and we look at and we're so angry at, we're so upset over and why do I have to struggle with this thing when this other person doesn't have to? We really should look at these generational curses and honor them because honestly, those people were doing the best that they could. And yes, some people are just downright evil and spiteful and angry. But even in that anger, we have to have empathy. We have to, un- we have to have sympathy for them and understand that that anger comes from hurt. Somebody hurt them. Somebody broke them. And it's not to say that you deserve to be treated like trash because you don't. You're precious, right? So if someone's beating on you, leave. If someone's treating you horribly, leave that relationship if you can, you know? But I really had to deal with this myself and say, you know, generational curses are spiritual, but they're also physical. They're also choices that we make because we're used to making them. You know, if I struggle with diabetes and my mother struggles with diabetes, then I should change the food that we eat. It's not necessarily spiritual in that in that regard. It's really just physical. It's a choice. It's the it's the privilege that I have today that my ancestors did not have to make better decisions, to buy better food, to do better with the knowledge that I have now. You know, it's silly now, but I look back on my great grandmother when I would used to stay with her and my grandmother. And we used to eat noodles. And so she would tell me to drink the noodle juice, like literally just like sodium and water, because it was the healthiest part. She was applying what she knew about the soup that she made, not ramen or whatever the other name brand is. And so she was just doing things out of habit. This is what she did. In real soup, the broth is the is the healthiest part. But she didn't know that the noodles had all the sodium and things like that. And later on in life, she suffered a heart attack. And now I don't know if it's because of the noodles. I have no idea. But I know that if she knew better, if she had access to the resources and the knowledge and just like the wisdom that people have today, she might still be here. Who knows? I'm not sure, right? It might not have been her time to go. But I really feel like we should honor our ancestors by breaking those generational curses honor them in the fact that they did the best that they could with what they had. They didn't know any better. You know, I look at my grandmother and she smoked to the day she died. To the day she died, she had cancer three times and smoked to the day she died. And we were trying to get her off the cigarettes. We were trying to get her to do something better, do something different. Try the nicotine patch, try this and this and this, you know, and towards the end of her life, she just stopped caring. And for a while, I was upset about that. Like, how could you just leave your family behind? How could you just choose cigarettes over your health to be around for your family? But I also don't understand the loss that she experienced. She lost her husband, her mother, her son. She had to bury all three of those people. And I feel like towards the end of her life, she just lost the will to live. And it just wasn't worth it for her anymore. So I could spend all this time being upset that she left us. But in reality, she was coping with her pain and her trauma that I will never be able to understand hopefully never have to be able to understand the pain that she was feeling towards the end of her life when she was ready just to let it all go. And I have to honor that. And so since I have to honor that, I have to make better decisions to honor her, to break those generational curses. So we have to do the work of making changes in our lives to help us, but also to honor those people who came before us, who did the best we could, the best that they could with us, and so that we can also do better for the people coming after us. I just wanted to share that with you all, this 
this little nugget of generational curses and the dreams for my daughter, whoever she may be, if I even have her or other women who come up after me, who hopefully at some age I can come and mentor them and pour into them. You know, I want them to learn from my mistakes, the curses that I had to break, the curses that I had to deal with so that they don't have to deal with the same things. And so they're better equipped. They're more equipped to handle life, to handle the things that whether spiritually, physically, mentally, you know, socially are thrown at them. And so I hope that you take this with you. I hope that you honor the people who came before you. I hope that you pour into the people that come after you. And I hope that we start breaking generational curses. And we'll get more into that in the future episodes. But until next time, you guys, love each other, love yourselves, love God. And I'll talk to y'all next episode.